What up, y'all? It's the Carolina barbecue sauce with the slaw boss. G. Yamazawa, you rocking out with the beaten pad. Blah! Count of three, everybody run back to your fantasy now. Go, 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 go. and on the count of three, go, 
go, go, go, go, and on the count of three, go, 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 and on the count of three, everybody run back to your fantasy. I can't stand the rain against my window, bringing back sweet memories. Yeah, when the rain, do you remember how sweet it used to be?
picture is beautiful. Came from the bottom of the bottom to the top of the pops London, Japan, and I'm straight off the block Like a running back, get it man, I'm straight off the block I can run it back, cause I'm straight with the rock Come If you feeling like a pimp, go on, brush your shoulders off Ladies, it's pimps too, go on, brush your shoulders off Crazy baby, don't forget that boy told your kid That dirt off your shoulder, you gotta get
Episode 31 of The Beaten Path. That was just DJ Amin Ra bringing it to you on the ones and twos with the crazy. He is good, good, yeah. With the crazy Timberland beats. Timberland's that man. Timberland's that man. Timberland. People don't talk about Timberland enough right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I, it's been a while since I heard some tunes like that, though, man, because uh, this was a time when you just could not even escape what that man was doing. No, now it's just syncopated hi-hats. <laughs> yeah, exactly well we have a very special guest today all the way from the land of the shining sun <laughs> the west side he is on the west side right now yeah but we got g yamazawa in the house man what's going <sighs> on bro <laughs> g yamazawa what up welcome welcome to the beaten path man man it's great to be here how you feeling right now i'm feeling good man yeah feeling good when was the last time you were you were back here in the east side? About a year and a half okay. in DC. Yeah. You gonna catch up a lot of people, or are you gonna see a lot of people out here? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't. I never do a good job of tapping in with people when I get somewhere for a show because I'm just so focused on the show, trying to make sure I do a good job. But yeah. um. But yeah, tapping in with folks for sure. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Words. So, what brings you to DC uh, today? So, what are you doing? What's the show? What you got going so on? So, I'm doing a 30 minute set at Next Now Fest at the University of Maryland, with the dope. Co God Theater, um, and uh, yeah, 8 p.m. should be dope. Excited. Cool. Yeah. So you're a you're a uh, you're an MC. You're a poet. You uh, everything in between of that, like. Tell us a little bit about your process because you know seeing your stuff online is definitely a little different than what most people might typically see in like a typical MC. Uh, you know, I grew up like any other kid, born in 1990. I grew up during that sort of late 90s, early 2000s era of hip hop um, when it was getting super commercialized and it was just it was invading everybody's life. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, from a young age, I wanted to I wanted to rap, and uh, in my teens, it kind of developed into poetry. And I found the poetry community. I didn't know it was there. It's a really underground genre and, and community. And um, and there's poetry slams, which are competitions. And so I always had a creative and um, competitive spirit. And so the slam really, really engaged me and allowed me to really try to become the best writer and performer I could be and also tell the stories that I wanted to tell in front of an audience that would respect my story and respect what I had to say. And then, um, and then long story short, after, you know, going ham in poet- the poetry world for six, seven years, I-, I started to realize that I think rapping was always 
my dream and it was still there and I had to kind of honor that so the last three four years have been just just bars and songs and what, what was your exposure first was it hip-hop music or was it poetry a uh, music for sure I music. mean like any kid in anywhere I think is always going to be the music and then I mean people get into it in different ways theater creative writing mm-hmm. you know um, poetry itself but I never was really drawn to poetry because of you know everyone knows it's sort of it's separated by class and it's an intellect and it's just it's a very enclosed exclusive kind of community and genre form of writing so yeah that's kind of the thing i usually feel it's like i mean back in the day you always feel really about poetry you know it has the smoothness to it that people that generally in hip-hop just can get into um Mm -hmm. for example um i don't know you're familiar with saul williams of course yeah yeah so i can remember back in uh college you know i really was in the saul williams and i used to play the records for a lot of hip-hop heads and they'd be like man this ain't hip-hop man you don't know what it is this ain't nothing yeah and you know i used to constantly kind of get that same type of reaction so (laughs) you saw that interview with lil wayne when he's like he was like the interviewer was like you know the poetry your rhymes and jack he was like i'm not a poet i'm a rapper okay so don't talk to me about no poetry (laughs) i get it though i get it it's very it's it has the same it's the same tradition they're the same elements Mm -hmm. but culturally you know the elements of hip-hop you need the dj you need the graffiti you need you need all those other elements for it to be hip-hop and poetry um is sort of a more singular isolated form of deep thinking and but philosophy. I, still, I feel like poet, you poets still gotta have that swagger you know every time a poet gets on stage you just gotta come in you're like, you, know, you gotta control the audience immediately like grab their yeah. attention you know well I think it's about the voice mm-hmm. and, and then there's also different styles of writing and performing and spoken word particularly you do need a voice and your voice needs to be powerful um, and, and sometimes people sacrifice or compromise their writing for the sake of their performance. Um, and then a lot of times in academia, the writing is just out of here, but they don't have the kind of voice to be able to carry it to a live audience. So it's a balance for sure. I was, we were listening to some of your material earlier today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the lines you said was something about using your voice as like Buddha's gift or the gift of Buddha, knowing that your voice was always that gift, but then like sharing with people. So like, when did you realize that you had like a voice? Like, I don't mean like, oh, I can speak, but more so like, hey, people are listening to when I say something. Um, that's a great question, man. I don't think I've ever been asked that question. That's a great question. Um, I, I knew I could rhyme well when I was like 13. You know, I knew I could do, I knew I could intellectually put together rhymes. And then from that point, it becomes, what do you really want to talk about? What do you want to say? Um, and then in my, you know, 13, 14, 15, 16 is when I started to realize that I had a very unique perspective of the world because of who I am, where I'm from, what kind of parents I have, what kind of belief systems I was brought up into this world with. I think that was a time I started to realize, oh, oh shit, like I have a, I do have a voice and I do have important things to say and I, and it is good hearted and it is wholehearted. And, um, but then, you know, I think as poets and as public figures or people who want to be in the public eye you kind of always have to check yourself and always have to ask like is this what people need to hear what do i have to actually offer up to the world and why is what i gotta say important um and so i'm always sort of recycling that attitude of as far as how important do i feel like my voice really is you know like and, and what can you really do with poetry can you really change somebody's life can 
you know what and then and then there's like also different elements of it like you could be an amazing wordsmith with a great message but be a terrible leader and i think mm. you know as you as you get bigger and have a wider audience there's a greater responsibility for the kind of people that are looking up to you and has that been a challenge for you like because i know so you were here in dc mm-hmm. then you moved out to la and you know so i'm assuming this has been a different you know adjustment period you know just the difference between the poetry scene here and out in la and you know when you're on the road i would say so um it, it's it's hard i i for, for me personally i never had a very strong sense of community mm-hmm. and belonging because i'm Asian American in Durham, North Carolina. And so at, in different phases of my life, I've been heavily involved with different communities. So when I first got to DC and started, you know, 20 in my early to mid 20s is when I started to get more involved with the Asian American community mm-hmm. and realizing that Asian Americans don't have a lot of a lot of representation and not a lot of authentic representation. Mm-hmm. And so that's when my sense of responsibility started to sort of growing at that point and then as i've as i got older and as i started traveling outside of durham and around the world is when i realized oh snap i also have a debt of gratitude for durham and for the small town that i'm from and what rural america is like and and the difference between rural and, and urban life and um and then you know and then it depends on your perspective of yourself i also feel like i'm a global citizen and i feel like i'm a representative of america you know when i travel outside of the states I'm a representative of hip hop itself, you know, mm-hmm. in America and out, and outside of the state. So, I mean, there's many different elements of it. Also, just immigrant communities in general, um, you know, the Southern voice and and all of those things. So, yeah, that's the beauty of hip hop, man. It's like you can just take it anywhere and just, you know, wherever you're from, you can take it as a tool to like speak to people who might not otherwise be able to, you know, you might not feel you're you can communicate with them on the same level mm-hmm. um and especially today i mean right now with the climate that we're in you know it's great to see people that are doing hip-hop that are not necessarily you know of the face that we that we expect mm-hmm. you know um i know as a kid growing up for me um you know i grew up a military uh, brat so i kind of had a similar situation where it wasn't a lot of representation just of black people it's kind of a, a huge culture of people so i was pretty used to that environment but uh, when I stepped out and realized, you know, like, that's not how everybody lives. More people have, like, very, like, uh, homogenous environments. It's not mixed like that. It was a real hard adjustment. And so for me, I was actually, like, a multi-genre kid. Like, I was listening to all kinds of music. And whenever I was around black people, it would be like, yo, you know, what's this? What's this Alanis Morissette CD in your freaking collection, homie? Like, you need to delete this. Probably more Wu-Tang. Like, or whatever. So it's great to hear, like, how hip-hop affected you and kind of brought you into wanting to share your story with other people. I mean, that's that's beautiful, man. I just mm-hmm. make sure you know that. I, Thank you, man. Your videos, like, you definitely capture that, too. So, Thank you. Man. Shouts to the directors and... That's the cool thing about music in general versus poetry. Poetry is such an isolated Yeah, music's more universal. Form. Oh, man. I mean, and so much more collaborative. You can't make yeah. music and have a successful career without working with people. Right. Mm-hmm. With poetry is like, you can, I think you can really make a career out of it by being mostly by yourself. Mm, um, yeah. And in music, it's the producer, the engineer, the DJ. Uh, the photographer, the film director, the graphic designer. I mean, all of those elements. People working on the set, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you got everything. You got the all musicians. The, like, yeah, yep. so tell, so you just released your first album. What just last, last year? year? Mm-hmm. Okay, tell us a little. Tell us a little bit about it. 
Uh, it's called Shouts to Durham. Okay. It's uh, my debut, you know, studio album, whatever uh-oh, that uh-oh. means. Y'all heard it here. Y'all hear your studio. independent, you know, <laughs> shouts to TuneCore and getting it out on Spotify and all that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was a beautiful project, man. I finally understand what artists say when they say it took them their whole life, their whole life to, to put out that first debut album. Um, and right now I'm in the process of <clears throat> getting over my own doubts and my own self-satisfying idea of of success and and all of that doubts you got it homie i mean yeah you just need to yeah y'all already doing it man it's beautiful thank you man so uh, we i was listening to north cac i saw the video for earlier which by the way i got a question about that real quick so everyone listening right now we'll have it in the link but you definitely gotta check out this video video is dope uh you know i'm a i'm a film guy so i got a question i was curious so how did y'all do this thing where y'all like had everybody like move in at the same time like the single shot thing shouts to uh salim reshamwala kid ethnic the director for that video you know i as a film guy i think you can relate uh, correct me if i'm wrong but y'all think of ideas all the time you know <laughs> y'all always got these fire ideas for videos and you're waiting for the right project to surface for you to be able to apply those ideas. Um, And I think Salim had always wanted to do a one-shot video where it kind of messes with your brain as far as like what's actually happening and where are these people coming from. Mm -hmm. And uh, the only idea I had was I wanted to have a crumper in my video. You know, I was like, (laughs) I love- That was important. (laughs) Very important piece to the video, I I think. Uh, But you know, we needed a crumper and uh, last minute we decided to shoot out by my old homie's house um, in the country and it was just a perfect setting. And uh, yeah, we just, we we had to book it so we would, you know, it'd be like passing by, I'm like, all right, all right, go, 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 go. And it would just jet behind the camera and pop up cool, like, you know, nothing happened. And um, we honestly, we did about four takes. And oh, wow, um, only four. Wow, that's amazing. And if you look closely, there is a cut when it's circling around Jay Gunn, the second verse. Okay. Um, and it's just all of a sudden the sun sets and it's just, you know, and then when Shit, you- Shit, I didn't even notice. Exactly, yeah, that's it's how pretty You can ask Amin Ra, I was in here yeah. like, yo, they must've just did this practically, like they must've just ran around. <laughs> like, but you know, if it weren't for the sun, we could've got it in one take. We uh-huh. could've, we didn't have to do any If it editing. wasn't for the sun, you know. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Well, you know, we were, so what happened was, is we were practicing. The first take was a practice take. Okay. And the plan was to start shooting sooner the sun set over the trees okay so the first because when we go back around the other way all of our shadows are, are on 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 front and frame so the first one was a practice take but the sun was just so beautiful that we had to we had to fit it in somehow and the cut worked perfectly and it all just kind of came together yeah yeah man it was beautiful no and i just loved like it didn't i didn't get any impression that everybody was hustling it was just very smooth i was yeah. like man they were all in the right spot mm-hmm. bam very great video thank you Y'all need to check that out. If you haven't, it'll be in the description. Go check it out. Uh, what did you feel like when Jazzy Jeff retweeted that video? Crazy, oh, man. Shit. Crazy. See, look, I'm in Raw dropping knowledge. I did not know that. That's nah, I, yeah. I knew about the video, but then like a ah. couple months yep. later, it must have been like around May or, or April or June. Yep. He retweeted it. He's like, yo, this shit's fire. Check this yeah, out. Yeah, he was like, this is my shit. You know, yeah, like, this is my shit. He was very specific. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, so like what? Did you see like an influx of new fans after that? I wouldn't say so. I mean, it's it's more of an interpersonal thing. So a lot of like a lot of those small moments in your journey 
come from just small pieces of acknowledgement from mm-hmm. people you look up to mm-hmm. and those are those are little bits and pieces of affirmation that encourage you to keep going um, and so it's been a ton of that throughout my life of just old heads or or veterans or experienced folks like just nodding their head and tipping their hat my way and um, that was one of those moments that everyone else was able to see as well and it was just a, a I think it's moment. yeah and I mean it's not like it's not like my life is gonna drastically change and I'm gonna get a life-changing record deal and I'm gonna you know but right. the fact that one of the veterans of this culture that I participate in took the time to acknowledge me acknowledge me publicly um, is a big moment and just lets me know I'm just headed in the right direction um, yeah for sure man yeah, I didn't man. even know that it was sick I mean Pretty the dope. tune is dope too so like I just love the the draw to it like that that southern like ah oh, it's it's, you're just like putting a complete new spin on it. You know, I think a lot of people just think like, oh, Bubba Sparks or some shit like that, you know, when they think of things. <laughs> this shit was legit. Thank it's you, tight. Man. Y'all need to check it out. It's definitely got so much knowledge. I felt I'm so inspired by when I hear you speak, actually. It's just amazing. So Yeah, to get back to that point that was we were talking about this off camera before not off camera. Off <laughs> off air. Um like just some of the things you say, man, like they really resonate really deeply with me. Like, for instance, one of the poems we were listening to was talking about um, how you knew the meaning of something compared to the star, to the Pledge of Allegiance. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, <clears throat> I feel like with poetry, it's you're always ahead of the audience because mm-hmm. you're saying it. Mm-hmm. And it takes like a second or two for the audience to like register what you just said. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes when you say things like that, they're just fucking deep, man. Like, like they're not. It's not surface level. It's not like you would have to really know history. You would really have to know, like, you have to be of a certain kind of mindset and be knowledgeable to even understand that. Because I'm sure there's things where you've said like it's just flew over people's heads, you know, and it hasn't registered. But like, I feel like our demographic, our generation, is really just a little bit more aware mm-hmm. of themselves, but also of like our, the surroundings. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you find like are you just taking things that have applied in your life you know and like sharing it or are, are you like consciously making decisions about oh, these are things that I need to like talk about in my poetry well one thing that's always been really important to me I was never a big academia type of guy okay um, I was never a big research based guy um, never had a huge vast expansive vocabulary um, but I knew I was always sharp and I was and I could read people and I understood things more deeply about human interaction and, and, and emotional sort of intelligence, if you will. Yeah. And when, you know, my introduction to poetry was through Pac mm. and it was a it was a, a, you know, a teaching artist coming through to my ninth grade English class and, and relating poetry to Pac. And that was the first time I felt poetry was important. Hmm. and realize that oh shit rap is it is, it is rap is poetry you know the kind of <laughs> that was an aha it moment is, it is that was know? a eureka yeah. moment dangerous minds moment yeah <laughs> and it's cheesy but it is true and at that moment and moving forward I, re- I knew I always wanted to I never value people based on their job their level of success their level of wealth their level of intelligence mm-hmm. their gender their race of course all of that I've always valued people based on the kind of heart that they have mm-hmm. and so I always wanted my poetry to be able to reflect and resonate with anybody whether you're an old white woman a young black boy whether you're a um, Muslim woman or whoever whatever kind of background you're from and intelligence level you may or may not have 
I wanted my poetry to be able to, to, to translate. And so I've always been careful about trying to talk about really deep elements in a very simple way. Um, and I think that that's why maybe the style of writing that I have and performance that I have is is been able to resonate with all kind of different kind of people. Hmm. I'd, I'd hope, you know. So right now, so so what you what do you got coming up right now? So you're working on an album, yes. And uh, you, so you tour around just year round, or like what? So what's your what's a day like for you right now? It's it's changing now for the first time in like five years. So the last four, five to six years has been kind of like nonstop, perpetual touring. The college market doing poetry mm. and it's been an amazing amazing journey um it's honestly my early 20s are kind of like a whirlwind because i was just doing 70 to 100 dates a year and i was just always on a plane around a car on the road by myself mm-hmm. um saving money learning how to be a professional learning how to travel what are my you know all of those things about myself and then also having that time the luxury of time to myself to be yeah. able to think about myself and who i am and where i want to go and now I've reached an interesting point where I've full-on transitioned into rap. Okay. You know, the last two years, year and a half has been like, okay, guys, I do poetry, but I'm also putting out this album. Y'all I got check bars. You know, and at first, cats were just like, all right, well. I mean, but you had like an audience base. Yeah, but you had I like. I did, a- but a lot of them were, were very hesitant about accepting me, me as a rapper. Okay. And because of all of the stigma that comes stigma and all of their reservations about what rappers are and how they might change. Or right. Or something. Um, now it seems that most of the people who are tuned in with me and who I am and what I do are very accepting of the fact that I'm rapping and are really rooting me on. So I'm I'm gearing up to release my sophomore project on October 5th. Okay. Okay. One, two, three, four, fifth. And oh, uh, I'm excited, man. I'm really hyped. It's going to be a really loud album. It's going to be... Um, you know, I just dropped a single in Japanese with two Japanese features, so it's really dope. Oh, word. Um, yo, Amin Rock, can you get that? Can you, can you, yo, yo, because no, I was listening to that earlier. Like, word, yeah, yeah, we gotta, we gotta drop that. Slow down, sample, pretty cool. <laughs> so, yeah, no, we'll have to drop that, but yeah, so. Yeah, and then just trying to keep, um, figuring out how to get my music into the world, how to get myself on more stages and bigger stages and um collaborate with more artists and just kind of keep navigating my way through the music and entertainment industry okay okay what album just bought you just got what four dollars is that (laughs) what's the breakdown i don't know yeah well if it's 10 then it's i think i get seven of it okay (laughs) well it's nine dollars so you probably get six of it right six 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 seven that's a little water and a bit of snack after a show tonight (laughs) you know (laughs) Yo, I think it's a single though. You have to get the single. I just bought the album. Hey. Oh, I bought the album. well, whatever. Yeah, well, you, you gotta buy the album. First of all, I am. I am. I am. Like, Rock clearly showing his support good, for him. Hey, man, man but I'm watching on these streets, man. I knew when Jazzy Jeff retweeted. <laughs> <laughs> I've showed this song. Actually, I've showed North Cac to a friend of ours. Uh, his name is Izzy. He works one. Of, he, he's one of the singers in one of the groups we have. Uh-huh. Uh, he's from Durham too. And like right oh, off, word. right off the bat, he was like, "Ah, oh, this is alright." You like, you made a reference to something that only people from Durham would know. Uh-huh. And he was like, oh, okay. Oh, Highway 751. Yeah. And he was like, man, I fuck with this. Like, he was just like banging the album through the field. Yeah. So, yeah, man, I, I speak in other ways. You know what I'm saying? Word, word. Okay, so wait, but one thing I wanted to say so, like, what's the Japanese community like in Durham? I'm still, obviously, it's not, is it really large? Not. I mean, yeah, I didn't have a, I didn't really have a Asian, you know, circle at the time. Okay. Um, and, and I think Asian, 
immigrant communities are starting to develop in the surrounding areas mm-hmm. and you know there there's you know there are asian people in durham north carolina See, i know mad asian people from north carolina not durham though oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. i mean we out here you know <laughs> we out here but uh at least for me when i was growing up in the early 2000s it was it was not only was it not a lot of asians but people just are you know that the concept of asians are just so is so foreign to so many americans mm-hmm. especially in the south that you you relate it to jackie chan and, yeah. and martial arts movies and, and chinese takeout joints and that's kind of the extent of of their knowledge and understanding of yeah, everybody's chinese Americans. basically that type Everyone's of situation. chinese yeah. kind of thing and and i get it man you can't really expect people to meet you where they've never been so um, I kind of I kind of walk with a lot of pride when I when I'm in the South or when I'm in anywhere where there's there's not might not be a big Asian community where it's like I have this opportunity even in this small two minute interaction to change the way you view Asian people as a whole. <laughs> it's crazy, yeah. I, honestly, you know. And I think it's actually pretty important, man. So I, I um, do you have do you have a story a crazy a uh, uh, story where that may have happened to you before? Something like that? <sighs> not well there's this one story where it sank in for me where i was in savannah georgia going to get a haircut i was doing a show i was walking chilling by myself and in some hood area in savannah and i walk into this barbershop and you know first of all walking into a barbershop you've never been to it's already it's already already just shitty man (laughs) because they're not fucking with you they don't you You don't know who's good you don't know what's what they're like go to the dude in the back he's you're like nah nobody waiting for that chair nope dude (laughs) and uh they had just clearly a clearly an asian dude had never been into this barbershop they were just as surprised as you You (laughs) and they were just like look at and they just started clowning from the jump it's like look little nephew Oh, what? And but you, what do I do? Yeah. You know what I mean? Am I gonna get mad at this this barbershop? No. Everyone in this barbershop because I'm just, I'm just you you laugh along, and you and then you open up you know a, a, a small crack in the door for conversation and that you get to tell them a little bit about who you are and where you're from and what you're doing here and and you and there's an exchange right mm-hmm. and I think that exchange is so important and and you on the side of the person who is under the microscope it's it's kind of always your responsibility to decide how much of yourself are you gonna shrink in order to actually be able to expand later on in that in that interaction that makes Mm. sense and that's where i realize you can't meet people i can't expect them to treat me like i'm belong there you know what i mean like I, i have to um i have to sort of meet them where they're at and i have to respect their barbershop and, and their community and who they are first before I'm able to represent myself in any way. So, man, just the way you speak, you just have like a very like it's you know it's it's due to your Japanese background, but it's also due to your like Buddhist background, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's a really, <clears throat> excuse me that's a very big part of your life mm-hmm. and how like you interact with people, mm-hmm. and I can just hear it you know like you explaining the story. It's like I have to humble myself for a moment and come down mm-hmm. or not even come down just be present in their moment mm-hmm. and then like slowly filter okay. other people would like you would walk in like yeah i'm the hottest shit listen to my shit Yo, here's what, bars. i'm dropping some bars on y'all <laughs> fuck y'all y'all don't even like me y'all gonna see me on tv blah 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 you know but like that doesn't really work it just yeah. kind of like shuts off the interaction well don't get me wrong man i have a tremendous ego i'm sure i'm very i'm sure but you know how to turn it off and on you know like you have that self-awareness to be like all right yeah i gotta like chill for a second yeah you know 
<laughs> it's just amazing, man. And I like, mean, I, I learn a lot. I feel like that's I, I learn a lot from not only my parents' experience and them having to feel so small and yeah. being treated like children by people who are younger than them. You know, witnessing that as a as a child, mm-hmm. but then also black culture in general. I, I'm very like I'm floored by black compassion. <laughs> You know, and black love, it's like real, some real shit, you know, like getting reprimanded by black mothers when I was a child and, 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 and sort of like what it means to, to be proud of who you are and your history mm-hmm. and also being able to like, look, I mean, the devil in his face, man, and just kind of keep moving forward with love and, and, you know, trying to do whatever's best for you and your family. And I mean, um, and that's human nature as well. Um, but, um, coming up. In the South, in particularly, you know, you sort of, as you get older and you build a political consciousness, you start to realize, like, oh shit, like, these are real people in their daily lives being forced to behave certain ways because of the history of this country. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, as an Asian person, as a sort of an outside perspective, um, but still growing up in America, you know, you, you, you're conscious, man, your psyche is, all of our psyches are really built in different ways. and. Um, but continue to tell me more all the great things you like about me, man. I like, I like, I really, I'm enjoying this, man. <laughs> He's taking it in. He's taking it in. All right, so uh, we're going to play uh, your new track. This is uh, Booty Booty. Am I saying it right? Yes, Booty Booty. Uh, tell us about it. So so what's this song about? Uh, it's the first record I ever wrote and recorded in Japanese. Okay. I'm um, very excited about it. It's produced by a Japanese cat, OG dude in, in Tokyo. Um, featuring Miyachi, who's a very dope Japanese-American who's breaking in Japan right now. Okay. And uh, another cat named Pablo Blasta, who's a cra- well, probably the craziest cat I ever heard rap in Japanese. So, uh, Pablo Blasta? Pablo Blasta. Wow. So, so what's, it di- what's it like rapping in English and then versus rapping in Japanese? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely a lot more limited, of course, in Japanese. I, I'm, I can't read or write in Japanese, so, um, you know, I'm writing down what shit sounds like you know i don't know how to you know and uh and but as far as it goes back to the voice i'm so confident in my voice at this point that as long as i can make shit rhyme and i can i can feel it out then um it's gonna you know hopefully it translates well and uh yeah how proficient would you say your japanese is i'm pretty conversationally um fluent okay you know i'm I'm, my pronunciation is really good i can i can carry a conversation for sure but grammatically and vocabulary-wise, I'm super limited. Um, and when you talk to me for about 40 seconds, you'll know you'll, something's wrong. With this dude. Okay. <laughs> so Japanese could be like, okay, he's clearly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, and it's Osaka dialect, which is a very most comedians speaking Osaka dialect, Kansai dialect. And it's, um, yeah, it's very, it's very conversational. I, I kind of liken it to just a southern draw in a way and, mm, okay uh, and so yeah it's dope man that's dope so, so what's booty booty mean booty booty is a way to describe being just super faded <laughs> okay it's like i'm old and like, booty booty. it's like i'm like, super faded man, you know so um yeah we were just in the living room they were playing the beat and the homie came up with just booty, you, you gotta hear it you gotta hear it. it's okay. a fun joint and um yeah all right here like we it. go booty booty g yum <laughs> Giyamazawa. Uh, I've been saying hey. Japanese words over, over and over. Giyamazawa, <laughs> booty booty, let's go.
By G Yamazawa. Yo. Yo. That was wild. Yeah. <laughs> so you gotta give us the translation, man. What's the general scene? Yeah, you gotta give us. Uh, my, I mean, really? You wanna go through it? What? I mean, I mean <laughs> actually, that might be a good way to. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay. What, mean, what, you, what can you share? I mean, my verse is very elementary, man. It's pretty. It's pretty elementary. There's a couple parts that are dope, dope bars, but. Miyachi comes through, talks about us both being second generation born Japanese Americans, um, really, really with the shits, and then he starts going. I mean, it's just he, it's just his verse is really dope, very classic rap verse, and then Blaster comes through and just starts going ham, man. It's just, yeah, what? Yo, it was wild. He sounded pissed off at one point. I mean, the level uh, to me that that's the closest I've heard a Japanese cat really perform. With an American bravado, yeah. an American sensibility when it comes to his voice, his voices, his different personalities, his intonation. I mean, it was just—it was like hearing an American verse 
but just Japanese language, and I think that's that's one that's really it's really rare to hear that. I personally feel. So is he kind of like bubbling right now in Japan? Is he yeah, he's like, bubbling for sure. Miyashi, yeah. I think, is bigger. Um, he just signed a, a joint venture deal with Sony, and he's really doing his thing. Um, and like I said, you know, he has an American sensibility, which is I think is a upper hand for sure. And uh, but Blasters to me is just like to me is the truth. And I don't have a, a extensive knowledge of Japanese hip hop, so I can't really say. But from my perspective, Blasters. How'd you guys link up for this track? I met Blaster like four years ago when I visited Japan. Actually, okay, and he was sort of taking a hiatus from music and. And then this last trip, you know, six to eight months ago, I visited TikTok, who produced the track, and he was working on that beat when I walked in. Word. And um, some of the best joints is that's what it is. It's just, just serendipity. Like, just magically walk- is working <laughs> yeah, on Yeah, production on that track it. is ridiculous. Amazing, yeah. man. Amazing. Arm and Hammer, my homie, uh, engineered the joint, got it really knocked in. And uh, Miyachi I actually haven't met yet. Okay. But we've been connected for the last year or two. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just a really dope collaborative project. And... Uh, a so, lot went into it, man, on the back end, and, and uh, yeah. So, so I take it like, I mean, so are you thinking like, you know, Japanese audiences might really like, really be into this, and it'd be a good. Are you planning to do shows in Japan or? Yeah, like? I'd love to, but I'm not out here trying to make it in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, it for me was just an honest attempt at at rapping in my mother tongue, man. Word. It was a very out of body experience. It's a real experience for the first time try to write something in my my mother's language word so how many songs are there other songs on the album that are gonna be in japanese or no, just that one just and that it's one. technically it's a bonus track and uh-huh. so um yeah yo that's sick man no i mean and i think that's great that like i think that's even more people need to be more accepting of that i mean you see today i mean i don't know about you guys but i've listened to a lot of like korean hip-hop i've heard a lot of that like you know i don't know understand what they're saying but you can feel that like the intonation in the words where you're like yo like this is and the beats and the production are really good and mm-hmm. i'm I, I think it's interesting like you know when we think of hip-hop like a lot of people think of just this very like oh it's in english you know that type of situation a lot of folks like don't you know, speak English yeah, they, yeah. but they still listen to hip hop yeah. exactly yeah. You know? yeah. exactly but a lot of people who are English don't necessarily listen to hip hop in other languages mm-hmm. which you know is a thing that honestly kind of just gets me because like you could feel it like you were talking about yeah. that verse like it just hits you like bam you know so yo man props it's, it's tight yo thank you very dope very dope bump that shit yeah. right <laughs> bump that shit daily so word alright so well, it's been great having you on the show, but, uh, you know, we got to do what we got to do. But before we do that, um, is there, what do you have going on right now? What you got coming up? You got anything that you uh, you want to promote or? Um, the album. Yeah, the album, October, October 5th. 5th I'll be, it'll be open for pre-order sometime this month. Um, just check it out on Spotify. Maybe you can um, put my album on repeat when you go to sleep and mute it. <laughs> Don't they be doing that, you know, these days? So if I could get a good... A good thousand people to do that every night for about a year. I might go platinum. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but uh, nah, man, just 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 tune in and check me out on social media. Check me out on YouTube. Um, we dropping videos and uh, dropping the new music, so I'm really excited. Okay. Awesome, man. Yeah. Words. So, all right. Um, is there any place live somebody maybe would catch you or something other than? Because uh, um, I know you said you're doing shows. I just making sure when we. Uh, North Carolina, I'll be playing Shakori Hills Festival on October 5th, which is a big reason why I decided that date. Um, okay. It'll be a big party. Uh, UMD tonight, but I think this is going to come out after. Yeah. You know, so, uh, <laughs> It'll come out around that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, nah, man, I mean, I'm, I'm, I think I've spent so much time touring and performing and being on stage that right now I'm really excited to just work on music 
and work on creating and releasing music. Um, so yeah, just tap in and, and try to check it out. Maybe spread the word if you can. Right, definitely, definitely, man. Yeah. We'll definitely do our due diligence. Yeah, man. You know, and try, you know, we just want to say, I want to say, man, if you keep doing what you're doing, you're definitely on the greatness, man. I mean, it sounds beautiful. Thank you. Um, feeling it. We're definitely gonna spread the word. That's what we do here at the Beaten Path. All right. So uh, on that note, uh, all y'all people out there, make sure y'all hit us up on Instagram at The Beaten Path. You can visit our website at www. Do people say that anymore? I always say dub, 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 and it doesn't. Anyway, um. tbnp.com. Um, you can hit our videos up on that. And uh, yeah, you'll be able to check out G. Yamazawa's stuff. We'll have a link in the bio. It'll be a dope photo of him, all that nonsense. So make sure you check that out. Uh, and Amin Ra, you going to take us out? Peace. Just still want me to spit something, or should I? Or not? A word? I mean, I got the beat going right now. Okay. G.I. Mazawa. This is beautiful. What's happening? Check it out. I like real drums, I wanna feel some But get the 808s when I wanna kill some But right now I just really wanna spill some Yo listen close and get to know me as a lil I was a real one when I was real young I had the lil mill finger with the lil thumb I wasn't born with self esteem, I had to build some I used to feel lungs till I couldn't feel none Fuck it's like I'm still none, but only sometimes I remember Brock, the white boy with the jump shot Punchlines written on a 40 minute bus ride At the fool until the bus driver make the bus stop This was Chatham County though, almost went to Northwood, four wheelers, dope dealers, slow living in church folk, RC colas and cars, hogs and dirt roads. The pain used to burn slow, but never let the hurt show. Speaking of the hurt though, I seen it with my own eyes. Peeking at these falling shortcomings of these long lives. Seen them coming down my face when Jay made that song cry, especially when she made that right turn at that wrong time. Fuck, it's been a long time. I'm reminiscent. I play my favorite games on all different kind of systems. We was all tripping when the Panthers finally made it, but they lost it all to Brady and the Lakers played the Pistons. I can still smell them black and miles from a distance. Papa still in the kitchen. Four foes are still tipping, plot was still thickening. I put it in a written, trying to hang on memories. We see a lot is still missing. Forgot about the fair claws, forgot about the mangums, forgot about the foster home, the beatings in the basement. Forgot about the love when I was all about the glory. I put so much in my rhymes that I forgot about the stories. Like that time when I was nine and knew religion was important, but I wasn't satisfied inside the body I was born in. Trying to be immortal, I started out recording. Boy, I knew I had them verses, but had trouble with the chorus. Yeah. Hey. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah. I'm saying we just gonna bless you those couple bars. Now go buy the album. <laughs> <laughs> that boy is good. 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 Good shit, man.